Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And Amber's bringing us a case today, everybody. Yes. What do so, you have, my dear? Um, first of all, happy National Chocolate and Almonds Day. Is that what today it is? It is. Chocolate, chocolate with almonds. I oh. thought I would bring you this little tidbit. Like, if you look it up, there's like a holiday or national day, like every day. Yes. So, like, what is today? Use the other day. It was Mac- National Macaroni Day. Ooh. But now it's it's chocolate and almond. Chocolate and almonds are like two of my lovers. Mm-hmm. And when you put them together, it is a beautiful menage. It's a menage. great threesome. threesome. It, it really yes. is. My mouth, chocolate and almonds all together. Oh. Amazing. Perfect. It's such a good combo. Oh, so you, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'll make so sure welcome. to enjoy that menage today. You should. So, yeah, I have a case for you today. This is actually... It is a Michigan case. Really? But I didn't plan it to be a Michigan <laughs> case. I was looking for a case, and this one caught my eye. I watched a documentary on it, and I didn't realize it was a Michigan case when I found it. So okay. You, we've said the Michigan cases find us. They do, all and, the time. And this one found me. So. so this case actually takes place in Kentwood, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Not far from us. No. Which was why it was eerie that I found it. I'm like, gosh, this is, I mean... We're talking like the left, the lower left side of the palm on mm-hmm. the mitt, on your mitten here. Yep. Very close. So it's a Kentwood, Michigan case. If you're not from the United States, the state of Michigan where we are from is shaped like a hand. Oh, yeah. We break out the palm. Just That's why. Always. Yep. Just so you guys know. You break out your, your hand as your mitten. If I lived I in did, another country, do. I would not know what states were shaped like at all. No. Someplace else. So. So this actually took place not long ago. This is a 2019 case. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there were things going on well before 2019, mm-hmm. but everything kind of came to head in 2019. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the very unsettling story about George Izagari. Are you familiar? I am not. I wasn't either. I don't know. So this co- this case was actually covered by the series Evil Lives Here mm-hmm. on Investigation Discovery. Mm-hmm. And so okay. I don't know that this case got a lot of attention until then. Yeah. And they just and recently ar- covered it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, they already came out with a documentary about it, and it was a 2018 case. Yeah, because okay. I hadn't heard about it before this. No. So, I mean, I, I'm sure it got not, some I've coverage. I've not seen that, so. But, yeah, it's kind of making a little headway because of that documentary. Well, we're here to bring you the case if you don't have time to watch TV and prefer to listen to your yes, true crime. Yes, exactly. So when I watched the episode, the title is what pulled me in. It's called He Should Have Died Sooner. I'm like, okay, oh, fuck. I'm listening. Wow. Um, I will see what this is about. Please just put that on my headstone. <laughs> Done and done. Okay. <laughs> it's a miracle this she should, didn't die sooner. This should have happened a long time ago. <laughs> right. But here we are now. No, this is a little bit more, 
of a unique perspective because a lot of the story that's told in this case is from the woman who used to be George's wife. Um, and, and so I'm going to give you the spoiler alert that George does end up taking his own life in the end of this situation. Okay. Um, so he took a lot of his secrets to the grave with him. I see. So there's a lot of info in this case that we probably don't know and maybe never will. Right. Because he had a very secretive life. So in the documentary, in the story, a lot of the story that's told in this case, it's through his ex-wife. Oh, wow. Jennifer Meyer is her name. It used to be uh, Jennifer Igazeri. Mm-hmm. Um, have I've heard his last name pronounced several different ways. Oh, I bet. So if I'm not saying it right, forgive me, but please don't add us about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> please don't. <laughs> the spelling, it's a big spelling. So <laughs> it's a big word. Even the news, people. a couple of the news clips I watched on it, the there were was differences in oh, those. Yeah, so definitely. So and yeah. they still work at a news channel, so exactly. it's fine. It's fine. Now, so George is no longer here to tell his own truth. I don't know that he would have told the truth, but yeah, especially not, not when here. you said he um, is a secretive person. Probably not. Yeah. So Jennifer is the one that has provided a lot of information about okay. George after the fact. So, like I said, Jennifer was married to George for about four to five years total, okay. and I don't have a lot of background information on George. I do know that he was born in Kentwood in 1983. And oh, gosh. He's young. Right? I'm familiar with that year. Me, too. It was an excellent one. <laughs> it was a blessing of a year. It, was. it brought us both into this it, world. Yeah. I know. Whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, okay, someone someone my age. He's young. Okay. Very That's, young. I will think that into our 70s. Like, <laughs> ah, He must have been vibrant and full of life. Yes. Oh, shoot. So I do know that he was known to have some anger. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how he grew up. I didn't find a lot of information on that. I do know that, unfortunately, he was not that old um, when he started to live a double life. But double life. You are intriguing me with this, my dear. No, it's a a little bit different style here, but it is, it's a juicy case. I like it. So I'm going to tell you about the relationship between George and Jennifer. Like I said, I don't have a lot of history on George. So I'm going to take you to the evolution of their relationship and how everything kind of unfolded. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer and George met because they lived in what sounds like the same duplex. Like it was Mm -hmm. a house that had various apartments in it. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer describes that she lived downstairs And George lived above her. Mm -hmm. Now, people knew who George was because he was the weed guy. He, every town has one. I was just going to say that. Every town has one. Every town has a weed guy. Yeah. All right. And so that's what he was known for is like, that's where you would get your marijuana products. Yeah. Go get it. Now, Jennifer was in a relationship with someone else at the time, and she describes that relationship as being really a bad one. Mm. It was it was toxic. The guy, I don't know his name, but he was not living uh, on the up and up. He oh. was he was into some bad things. He had probably legal more troubles. than just weed. Probably, but he wasn't a healthy person, and so he was in and out of jail and and whatnot. And so when this boyfriend finally he 
got picked up for something and he went to jail for a while. Jennifer saw this as her exit. Sure. She's like, okay, maybe I can, like, this is my out. So she had the locks changed on the apartment doors. And, you know, I don't know that she gave him the John Deere letter or anything like that. The Deere John? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dumb and dumber quote. I know. I I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) The John Deere letter. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Boy, that was aggressive how you kicked that table. It was. It's okay. I was nodding my head at you so violently a minute ago that it was shaking the table too. And I'm like, you had a calm down bobblehead. Jesus. (laughs) So Jennifer had changed the locks and was basically anticipating that this ex would be getting out of jail, kind of waiting for that. Yeah. George came a knocking one day and Jennifer thought it could be the ex and told him to leave. She was yelling, you know, leave me alone. We don't want any. Yeah. And then she realized it was George. So she was like, oh, you know, my bad and let him in. So they chatted for a while and Jennifer told George, like, sorry, you know, I'm trying to leave this relationship and I thought it was him and kind of gave George the rundown. And at that point, George was like. I, I too, give people too much information the first time I meet right. them. <laughs> I feel you, Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. So George was like, I always thought you could do better mm. than this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't treat you right. He saw the door open and he was sliding yeah. through. So they must Way have go, had George. some yeah. kind of relationship with the weed guy. So, because he kind of knew both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're too good for him, Jennifer. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> you could do better. And so Jennifer really was like, oh, so he has noticed me yes he yes. does pay attention right and she said he is following me on instagram yes. okay she said this kind of sparked an intro uh, instant attraction sure. to him because it really perked her up of like okay he's noticed me in some way mm-hmm. you know oh yeah the minute a guy's like i always thought you could do better yeah you know I, i'm picturing his voice yeah, being like, sultry oh. like that too like, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Deep like that. Right. You could always do better. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a panty dropper right there. I oh, get it. Take, I get the, it. take the panties. Yep. I get it. So George started coming around after that. And Jennifer said he was the sweetest guy. Like he would cook for her. He was a cuddler. He oh. wanted to spend a lot of time with her. Like he was really great. The weed guy likes to cook and cuddle. He's a cuddler. Okay. Yep. And so, yeah, they really hit it off. Mm -hmm. Now, Jennifer was still having some issues with the ex. He was lingering around. He was still coming. Oh, I imagine he's not just going to bow out graciously. Yeah, he was knocking on the door still. He was calling her. And one night she was spending time with George and the ex called. And so George was like, all right, give me the phone. Mm -hmm. Like, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Let me talk to him. And George ended up, ended up telling this guy, hey, we're together. Buzz off, buster. She's <laughs> she's mine. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. And apparently it worked because the ex then did back off and he oh. stopped calling, stopped harassing. And this was like, Jennifer Jennifer was impressed. She's like, wow, he's amazing. He's right. protecting he just, me. He just made things happen for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm was, sure he used the words buzz off, too, because that intimidates everyone. Hey, buzz off, pal. Yeah. Just like that. See? Yeah. <laughs> She's mine, see? Right. 
Oh, I can picture And he was this. just like, okay, okay. Yes. All that protective instinct is so sexy on a man. It yes. Is. Yep. I get it. So she was, she was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. is this too good to be true? Because he's Maybe. so amazing. He cooks, cuddles, and protects you? Yeah. Yes. Is he real? Yeah. Unfortunately, he was not. Okay. I thought maybe that- Spoiler alert. We were going to get there. So because things were going so well with this new relationship, the couple ended up moving in together about a month in. Oh, sure. Because things, I mean, they really hit it off. And at the time, Jennifer did not think that, I mean, it couldn't be worse than this ex-boyfriend. Right. So George was like this, you know- blessing almost at he first. He was a knight in shining armor coming he, in. He was. Now, unfortunately, as we know, in a new relationship, we put our best face forward, but the yes. red flags will start to pop out eventually. Right. We can't, right. We can't hide the true self forever if, no, if there's no. a dark side. If you're a dick, you're a dick. Yeah. Yep. And so that's kind of what we see happen with this relationship is that after the move-in happened. And the honeymoon is over. Some red flags started to pop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tale as old as time. Yes. Mrs. Potts said it best herself. She did. And she absolutely did. Beauty and did. the Beast. Um, so George was the one that really pushed for this move-in to happen. He was like, we spend most of our time together anyway. Um, you could quit, quit your job. She was working at Burger King at the time. Love me some flame broiled. Absolutely. Um, so he's like, "It's I'll pay the rent. It's fine." Now Jennifer wow. remembers having a little bit of a an inner voice saying, "Like, is this? Is he trying to control me? Like, is this? You know, I, this is kind of it doesn't feel right." But unfortunately, she admits she did not listen to that voice. She sure. she was like, "Well, I could save money. He wants me to. I just have to move right upstairs." She was seduced by cooking, cleaning, protection, and financial I'll stability. I'll take care of you. Yes, you don't have to work. Right. It does sound amazing. I can't say I wouldn't be tempted if someone was like, "Listen, quit your job." Right. I'll take care of you. Except unless not the podcast, your other job. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> the like, other job, you're not quitting the podcast. Yeah. You'd have a lot of angry people. <laughs> but yeah, like if someone was like, hey, I got you. I'll take care yeah. of you. How easy is it to I just mean, be like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So she was, she had a gut feeling, but then at the same time, she's like, maybe it's off. And she does admit she wishes that she would have listened uh-huh. to her, hmm. her instincts. They're there for a reason, people. And they're never wrong. Yeah, they're that's, that's wrong. the thing. I, I agree. They were they were given to us. I always for tell a my reason. clients that too. Like that that voice inside, it's mm-hmm. not steering you wrong. It never is. Mm-hmm. Your loins are what steer you wrong. Oh, your loins will get you every every time. time. Every so time. careful about those assholes. <laughs> but your asshole those... too. Be careful about that as well. While we're on the subject, your loins and your yes, asshole. they will steer you completely wrong. Just listen to yeah, your gut. I mean, it, he may rob a bank, but if he's six two with chiseled features, I mean, what bank? It's right, fine. the banks have plenty of money. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, those those you see the uh, difference, people. Yeah, <laughs> those loins will blind you. They will. They will. It's got washboard abs. 
Been there. <laughs> Not with the bank situation. No, but no. Been there. But, you know, still shitty morals. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So she did go ahead. She made the move. And as soon as she moved in, she remembers things changed pretty quickly. Once uh, she had all of her stuff into his apartment. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like that hook, line, and sinker. I've right. gotcha. Right. Now I've gotcha. George started to change. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer started seeing a side of George that really upset her. The controlling tendencies surfaced very quickly. And this is going to piss you off. Mm. So We're losing the six-pack abs, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. For the record, George did not have himself a six-pack. I wasn't picturing it. So, yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, George was not packing any <clears throat> muscle tone. Okay. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> He's okay. B- very unfortunate looking. I see. I see. Soft and shitty body. Got it. Got Blob light. Yeah. Blob light. Yeah. Jennifer had two cats, and she had asked George before moving in, like, "Can I keep them? They're my, you know, they're my pets. I would like to take them with me. They are a part of my family. Yes. They are my kitty cats." And he said, "Of course. Like, yeah, you can bring them. I just want you to move in. You know." Bring the cats. Saying anything to get his way. Sure. But as soon as she moved in with the cats, um, you know, right away, the cats were like the first issue. He started having major issues with them, complaining, um, being Mm. really mean to the cats. Oh, no. Mm -mm. And so they were always on the furniture and he was like, you know what? I really just don't want to deal with this. And so it was this nonstop battle about the cats, like, right away. The cats were in her life first. Oh, exactly. Oh. Now, Jennifer remembers this is kind of when things took a, mm-hmm. an abrupt turn. She, she had come home one night, and she finds George on all fours in the bedroom, like, looking around for one of the cats. Um, he had... He had tasered the cat. I don't know where the hell he got a taser, but he wanted to continue to tase the cat. So he was like trying to get the cat back to tase it again. What the fuck? Yeah. And Jennifer was, she freaked out, of course. Like, what the hell are you doing? What are you, you know? Tase yourself, blobby body. Tase your own taint. Exactly. Leave the cats alone. But he totally minimized the situation. He's like, they can't even feel it. Like, it's not a big deal. Yes, because animals have no feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, it it barely even phases them. I could tase myself and it would be fine. And then he looked at Jennifer and he said, I could even tase you and it would be fine. No. Uh, Creepy. No. Now, he, and I don't believe he did, but the way he said it, I think, right. it was very it was off-putting. A threat. It was a threat. I think mm-hmm. it was definitely a threat. So, George, he would not let up about these cats. He kept pushing the issue and pushing it, and he was convincing Jennifer, trying to, that cats do not belong indoors. They're outdoor animals. They belong outside. They belong in the wild, and they need to be set free. He belongs to, in the wild, he for does. fuck's sake. And so he just kept pushing and pushing, like, you need to just let them loose. They'll be fine out in the mm. wild. I know. Loose? This part really got no. me fired up. And Jennifer loved her cats. Yeah. And so she did put up a really big fight about this. I mean, it was an ongoing issue. But what ended up happening, as we see with a lot of power and control, is that it got to the point where he was like, okay. If you want to live here, 
you're going to get rid of the cats. Mm-hmm. You you want to stay here? The cats have to go. Yeah. So cool. He, I don't want to stay here anymore. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. And so she was afraid at the time. I, she'd quit her job, you know. Right. She was looking at all Oh, yeah, no. He made sure that he got the financial control um, control of yeah. her. Yeah, absolutely. So she did. Now, she was a little vague in the documentary, but I do believe she let them loose because yeah. she makes reference to hoping they found better homes and not being sure what happened mm. to them. So I yeah, think she, she did let them loose. Yeah. Let them free and... Um, that's too bad. That would have been so difficult to be in that situation. Yeah. And right. I mean, I, I would have probably pitched a tent and. Right. Know, but when you're in it. And you, it's you, you, me, the streets and the cats. That's all. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. You never know what you're, what you would Hindsight do is in that actual situation. And yeah. She, and he made sure that he dominated. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Made her reliant on him in every way. I got the control now. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting rid of the cats because I said. Yep. And then he started to just get dark. There were there were things about George that were off putting. Worse had, than tasing a cat's taint. Yeah, it gets. He tends to. <laughs> it's pretty dark in there. It is. It tends to get just worse than that. Um, George, he he had a large co- collection of knives. He was really into mm. collecting them, and he had a favorite, a butterfly knife, and it's one the one that you like turns like twisty turn yes you can flip it around in your hand yes and so she remembers that he would just sit there in his chair twirling it. blank staring like twirling the knife for long periods of time gross and it was i, I think to anyone would have been concerning uh because he he just was like just staring and she remembers thinking like what are what are oh, you he's fantasizing what's, what you thinking about yeah you know and George, like I said, he's he was known to have a temper, and that became more apparent that he had a lot of anger issues. He was very easily set off. He didn't keep jobs long. He was you don't bouncing to job to job. He always had his weed guy uh, job to fall back on, though, I'm sure. Yeah, he was the, the go-to weed guy. Now, he was able to hold a job at, I love this because I'm immature, <laughs> he got a job at a beanbag factory. Oh, and he was. This was the longest job he was able to. I've never considered beanbags where they're manufactured at all. Right? Interesting. Th- someone's got to make them. Someone em. is making them. Why not George? But oh. he would, he would lose his temper at the bean beanbag factory, and <laughs> did like, all those little balls, stuffing balls, piss him off? Yes. And so uh, one day he. Stabbed the shit out of one of the bean bags. Oh God! Now I'm assuming nobody knew about it. Like I think he told Jennifer, but because he he kept the job for about five years. Okay, like and this no was one the was longest. sitting in it, obviously at that time. But yeah, he would just have these rage outbursts at work, stab the bean bags, um, and Jennifer oh started to become concerned because he would come home from work and complain about his coworkers, like really complain about them. Do you know how many bad Amazon reviews that company got because they had stabby St- George? <laughs> Just My bean bag was stabbed. a slit in it. Beans everywhere. Yes. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, but so he would come home and he would complain about how much he hated his coworkers, like hated them. At to the, the point, Jennifer's like, I, I'm, I'm concerned. Mm. Uh, looking back, she does feel that his coworkers probably were in danger. Oh wow. Um, at the time, she, I don't think she was. Thinking to that degree, but right. very off put about like how deep his hatred was and yeah. some of the things that he was saying and just how angry 
he was. Yeah. Jennifer does say, looking back now, she she feels like she probably should have known that he had the tendencies to be someone that could kill. I, I feel like in general, though, like people don't always go assuming that. No, not even when you're stabbing a bag of beans. Right. I think you don't. I mean, unless you do true crime like right. us, you don't tend yeah. to think that worst case scenario. Because no. you really don't want to believe it about anybody that you know. So when she did say that, I feel like hindsight is twenty twenty. When you look back and, and now know what someone does, you're like, yeah, I could, I could see the signs. But she didn't know where this was going, so mm-hmm. I don't think she maybe wanted to believe that he was capable of what he did. Sure, you of know? course. That makes sense. But I think looking back, she's like, oh, yeah, oh, I saw right. the I saw the signs. And it like opened a- up my eyes. <laughs> Little Ace of Base oh, up yeah. in here. Yeah. I saw the sun. Perfect. It was a perfect lead in. It really was. I'm glad that you did not let me down on that. So Jennifer, she did at one point, she was able to get a job again. I think that they, the two of them struggled financially a great deal throughout, oh, throughout the course of this. Right. So she does get a job at a pet store and she liked this job. And she was good at the job, and the company actually had offered to pay for her to go to school to get certified in pet nutrition. Hmm. So she was feeling good about this. She was like, okay, this fe- this is feeling like a door opening for me. Yeah. And she was enjoying it. And Uh-oh. George did not like that. I bet not. He did, he did not want to see her excel or do better. Of course not, or succeed at anything. Because this could mean, you know, you wouldn't need me anymore yes he needs her entirely reliant on him so this with low self-esteem yes you need to be dependent on me so this was very uncomfortable for him and it it created a lot of issues that she had this job sure was doing well so george picked up another behavior around this time creepy he would begin muttering things under his breath about jennifer like a in her presence. Okay, and I hate that. He wasn't talking to her, but he right. was like like sputtering things and he would say like I wish she would just shut up. I wish I could just sew her mouth shut. Oh fuck. I wish I could just strangle that bitch. Like he was saying them like under his breath, but obviously she could hear him. Right. You're saying the quiet part loud, sir. Yeah, and so this really started to creep her out. Um yeah. Yes. And so she started to just really Remain quiet. I wish she would have started it back. Like, I wish he'd stop mumbling under his breath. Right. I wish that I could just cut his dick off in his sleep. I mean, she truly, right. Truly. And then when he said something, she should have been like, I didn't say I anything. Didn't, what are you talking about? I didn't say anything. What do you mean? God, I wish he would just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Taste of your own medicine, right, sir. right. Jennifer recalls a Christmas party that George um, had for his beanbag factory. (laughs) George's beanbag Christmas party. Okay, I bet that is a lovely time. It sounds You know, that sounds like a title that could have been on the 40-year-old guy's porn inventory. George's beanbag Christmas party. George's George's beanbag Christmas. (laughs) George's beanbag blowout. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Uh, if you guys remember that brain bath we covered where the guy sued his parents for 40-some thousand dollars. Uh, and won. All the porn. All yes. the porn. One of our Patreons, join us if you'd like, Yes, uh, posted the inventory and the some of the 
titles of the porn, mm-hmm. what, they were just priceless. A lot of them had to do with grandmas. They were good. Grandma lots, gone anal. Lots of grandma anal. Yep. For lots, sure. Lots of Grammys. Like them some anal. So, like I said, this was the longest job that George was able to hold. And so, at the Christmas party, he got a little bonus. Mm. And Jennifer recalls that he was happy at the time. There were some photos and he was smiling. But once he got back to the table, he was furious because of the low amount of the bonus. He was like, I've been here this long and this is all I get. And like, he was really spiteful about They're it. Like, We're sorry. We would have given you more of a bonus, but we kept taking but out you stabbed your our fucking beanbags right, from all the beanbags you kept stabbing. Right? This, you ended up with a dollar seventy nine. That's that's it. Yeah. We knew about the beanbags. Yeah. But no, he was super mad about this. He was like, you know, I've I've worked so hard and this is all I get. And so he said, he's like, I should just rob rob my boss. And like he was talking to Jennifer at the time. Oh, not under his breath, Jennifer? Maybe. He probably was muttering. Who knows? But then he ended up texting a friend while he was sitting at the table. And then he's like, I'll be right back. And leaves Jennifer at the beanbag Christmas party by herself Oh, my gosh. She's like, okay. Great. This is a great time. It's a beanbag Christmas. Yeah. Jennifer's alone for her the beanbag Christmas. Right. And so he just disappears for a, for a bit and he comes back and he's like, "Let's get out of here. Let's go have a drink." And he pulls out this very large wad of cash. She's like, "WTF? Like where did this come from?" Odd, that wasn't in your pants when we arrived. It wasn't. Is that a wad of money or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it must be a wad of money cuz I know what you're packing. <laughs> Oh, Lord. So, yeah, she's like, okay, uh, where did you get that? Now, George, if if Jennifer asked questions at all, um, you should know mm. George was very hostile. Like, sure. mind sure. your own fucking business. How Don't dare ask. Yeah. Like, so he would shut her down. Like, yeah. that's a, a trend throughout this case. She does suspect that he, I I guess his boss had a safe, and so she does suspect that he clearly went and robbed the safe. Obviously. Because he came back with this large wad of money. What was your first clue, Jennifer? Right? I think she put two and two together. Now, this is, this started to be a trend after this night that George would start showing up at home, like after this Christmas party incident, he would start showing up at home with large amounts of, of cash out of nowhere and he started to disappear more he would go for days and be gone and he would go stay at hotels come back with money Hmm. and jennifer didn't really know what was going on it was almost like he was living this double life but like i said if she asked questions right shut her down down. sure and let's just say say it it's easier just to be like cool i I'll benefit from this cash, too, because I have no idea where it came from right. or what it, what's going on with it. And okay. She doesn't she doesn't ever go into details about, like, you know, what he would do with the money, but it was just, like, he always had these stacks of money with him. Sure. Jennifer said that she... And it's not weed money? Funny you say that. She suspected that he had upgraded, possibly, from selling weed to harder drugs than oh, what sure. she well, high, probably more, knew. Well, more high dollar. Okay. I mean, I think that... The behaviors and what he was doing kind of lined up with maybe he was selling hard drugs. Sure. So she started to suspect Little sugar boom boom. Yeah. Yeah. Selling the sugar. Yeah. But she didn't know. She kind of, I mean, from her story, 
she was on the outside kind of watching all of this and she knew not to ask questions because he right. was so hostile. And to be fair, she knows not to go on a documentary and be like, I knew he was selling drugs and I was using the money. Right. I mean, let's be real. I don't blame her for being like, yeah, I don't know. He came home with money. It is what it is. Right. Yeah. You know, she, I didn't ask questions. She didn't know. I mean, And she does, in the documentary, she does come across as probably a passive person. Sure. Um, which tends to align with a controlling person you know yes the type that they look for so, yeah so there's that possibility she didn't ask because she didn't want to know and she wasn't going to get the answer anyway you he's, know for sure yeah but either he's way very suspicious yeah. that he's bringing all this stuff home and he's disappearing for days what after one of the trips that he got back from he kind of hinted towards some things he said that uh there was this drug dealer that was kind of like getting in his way of his business whatever he was doing mm. again that remains very vague um mm-hmm. she didn't know what he was doing right but the, the this guy wouldn't be a problem anymore and oh. so jennifer was like what do you mean like what because does that he mean? went to visit his grandma or right, something like he's, else. He's vacationing in the Bahamas. Yeah. Like what? What does that mean? Well, he became very angry. Again, was like, mind your own fucking business. Like, yeah. don't don't ask me questions. So she was like, okay. At this point, what are we seeing in George Jennifer? Right. Like, oof. Not yeah. shaming her. It's just like, damn. We women got to do better for ourselves. I would rather be single. The, mm-hmm. my entire life. Mm-hmm. Then, but there are some people that can't be. So Now I will say, because she does address that, you know, in the documentary, that she became, she did want to leave, and she does. We'll get yeah. to that. But she was scared. Oh, certainly. She was scared of him. He has a favorite knife, for fuck's sake. Yes. Yeah. And the muttering. The muttering. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she feared for her life yeah. in leaving. And so that was a part of, of why she stayed Yep, totally understandable. And I get that. Like, I would not judge. I'm not faulting her. But, you know, yeah. it, it, that had to have been really hard to and be scary. Yeah. in such a shitty relationship. Definitely. So Jennifer, she began to piece things together. And she had, I mean, she had a good idea of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. She just, she didn't, you know, she didn't know for sure. But she was pretty certain he was selling drugs and getting into a dangerous lifestyle of obviously robbing somebody or stealing you know because where was he getting this money so she started to try to piece things together and and she was asking like you know what are you what are you doing and and so he did indicate that he was robbing people but they were just drug dealers and they deserved it it wasn't even their money to begin with and like kind of so, like him yeah right uh, would you like to so be the pot like, or the oh, kettle it's, it's no big deal so so over time hmm. she gathered pretty you know she had a pretty clear idea what he's in yeah the lifestyle of the filth and dangerous yeah Uh. and jennifer started to wonder like is he killing people i mean what is what are these robberies right including how are they ending and she started to check the news to see if like some of the hotels he was staying at like there were things happening around Mm. that time like was someone killed was someone robbed like she started to monitor to see if things were happening in the places that he was going. Sure. And like I said, she does address at that point, like, you know, I I didn't leave because I was I was scared. Right. I was afraid of my I life. Mean, if, if you learn that he's murdering people, you know he's not going to stop at yeah. you. He's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. You leave him, you're next. 
And she did, I mean, she did indicate that. She, yeah. At the end of the documentary, she said, I, I think I was next. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get to yeah. it. But so George and Jennifer, they were, they were together for about four years before oh. they did actually get married. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of all this stuff, you know, George, he, he was sucking at life majorly. And Jennifer does recall thinking, maybe if we got married, that would help. Oh, sure. Yeah. Honey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Honey baby, you know sweetie pie. Ooh. We hear that. We do. We hear that in relationships. Between we getting married or that. the having babies. Yep. Like maybe yeah. if we do this, take this next step, it will help. Spoiler alert. It did not help. Mm-hmm. Never does. The babies never do either. Sadly, Jennifer did not even get that like special proposal moment. She said oh, that no. George told her they were getting married. Sure, if that makes sense. It wasn't a will you marry me or anything special like that. It was like we're getting married. No, he's not going to give her options. Yep. Yeah. So it was basically like a, we're doing this and she felt like, well, okay, maybe this will help. And so she did go ahead and, and they had a wedding. Mm. And then things went even further down the shitter after after they tied the knot. Now it's been flushed. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. The the toilet has been flushed, and it just started to get... George got even deeper into this dark lifestyle that he was living. Yeah. And so very soon after, she remembers George coming home randomly with a surprise, is what he called it. And he had gotten two tear-shaped tattoos on his... Oh, shit. His eye. Like, yeah. on his the side of his eye. Surprise, I got tattoos. Yes. And she remembers being very taken back because yeah. uh, she knew mm-hmm. that teardrop tattoos usually represent people that you have killed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the hell? Like, what did you do? What do these mean? Mm-hmm. And George was like, it's fine. These are for some buddies in Iraq that I lost. You know, they're that's what they're for. And she's like, she she was like, are you okay with people thinking this about you? Like, you're going to look like you're some kind of, like, gang member killer. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, let them think what they want. You know, I don't care if they think I killed people, but they're, they're for these buddies of mine in Iraq. Yes, well, because tears tattooed on the face always look so good. What better way to, ma- to honor... A friend. Friends. Yes. Jennifer hated the tattoo. She was very upset about it, as would I. I expect you just to get a portrait of me on your cheek. It's That's how I'd I like do. to be honored by it's you. It's the least Thank you. I could do. Thank you. Could you put me right, like, center of the neck? Yes. I want to look at everyone as you're talking Absolutely. With your bosom, like, right here. Uh, just a at t- the... sneak peek of it. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep. Just tasteful. A, like a teaser. Tasteful, yeah, tasteful cleavage, cleavage always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that That's how I want to be remembered. We have that publicly settled now. <laughs> I'm so fucked if you die tomorrow. I'm going to have to do it. Now you have you have to honor. Yeah. You have to honor your word. <gasps> Jennifer remembers an incident when they went into a Speedway gas station and someone actually asked George about the tattoos, like flat out asked, like, hey, did you kill someone? <laughs> And George was like, do you want to be the next teardrop? Like, why are you asking Oh, my me? God. And so. Do you want to be the next teardrop? <laughs> that is the most non-threatening but threatening thing someone could say. Right? Ever. If I was the Speedway cashier, I would have been like, <laughs> peace out. Right. This is like the dumbest but also the scariest right? thing ever. Because you're like, did he go somewhere? Right. Do you want to be the next teardrop? <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that as threats from now on. 
Um, but no, she said she continued to stay because she was getting really scared. And, you know, she obviously had some kind of internal voice telling her that, you know, okay, this is all looking really shady. He's selling drugs. He's got these teardrop tattoos. He doesn't ever tell me what's going on. You know, so she stayed. And she did say there was times where she did talk about leaving because they fought a lot through oh, this sure. relationship. Of course of they course. did. And he would threaten to kill her if she, she left. She probably wanted to know why he doesn't ever get any cum drop tattoos on his penis, but he's okay with the teardrops. Exactly. Yeah, Jennifer's suspicions grew stronger and she remembers watching the news one night because she was monitoring the news. Mm-hmm. And she remembers seeing that there was a bar fight that had occurred at one of the places George had went. And it had happened the night that he had went. Mm-hmm. And someone was stabbed to death. Oh, now, wow. With a favorite fillet knife? Uh, you know, I don't know <laughs> if it was a favorite butterfly knife or... Oh, butterfly. <laughs> or, That's right. or a fillet. I don't know. Right. But... uh. But they had some footage of the fight. Apparently, there was like a brawl that had mm-hmm. started in the in the bar, and then it, it went outside. They didn't get a positive ID of who had actually done the stabbing, but they were looking into it. And Jennifer remembers her her heart sinking, and and wondering if it wasn't her husband that had something to do with it. Right. And she did ask him about it when the news was on. He was home at the time, and she's like, "Do you know anything about this?" Is that you in the video yeah, is that, with is your that, butterfly knife? What an awkward conversation right? to have. But he's like, no, I don't know anything about it. Stop asking questions. You know, like, bitch. I was there, but I yeah. like, I have no idea what happened. I was just taking ecstasy in the corner with some hookers. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal, wife. But she remembers having that horrible feeling, thinking that he had something sure. to do with that. Uh, you know, I don't, th- I don't know that anything ever came of that, that they found out who did oh, it. Wow. Cause it was they, like, they, there were so many people involved. Mm-hmm. they never could pinpoint who it was, but she really remembers thinking it was him. Mm-hmm. And, and after we get to it, I think, I think it's pretty obvious that it more than likely was. Mm-hmm. So she started to feel unsafe after I'd all say. of this stuff happening. She was starting to feel pretty unsafe. And was it the first or second teardrop? You know, good question. Or the muttering under his breath. Right, that I'd just like to strangle her. Yeah. So shortly after this incident had occurred, so George had a longtime friend, which is surprising. His name was David Eisner, and he moved in with Jennifer and George for a bit. He had just broken up with his girlfriend, and he needed a place to stay for a bit, and so he came to stay with them. Jennifer remembers, so George and David, they'd always had this unique relationship because they were close, but they would pick at each other. Like, they would go back and forth. Like, they'd kind of get into it. Mm -hmm. But George always had the upper hand. Like, David would always back down because George had to dominate whatever argument it was. Mm -hmm. You know, he had to be the one to shut things down. I'm sure. Probably had to have the last word always. Yes. So, David would naturally be the one to back off. After a while, Jennifer describes David as a super sweet guy, and he was always willing to help out when he was staying with them. He was always like, hey, you need anything from the store? And he also would stand up for Jennifer because the two of them, George and Jennifer, fought constantly. Mm -hmm. And so they were always getting into, George was always yelling at her. And so David would intervene and be like, hey, like, simmer down. Mm -hmm. And George hated this. Oh, I bet. I bet. And so he would. He would dominate David and he would, 
you know, tell him he needed to back down. And, and so David, like, try, he tried to defend Jennifer, but George always won yeah. because he was such a hostile and angry Fucking person. Fucking asshole. He sounds, <laughs> uh, like, oh, just horrible to be around, yeah. honestly. And so things started to get pretty bad between George and Jennifer. Like, it just continued escalating. He was horrible to her. And this is the point where she, she did decide, like, I really want to put some distance between us. And she started working at this safe house with, with women. It was for domestic violence oh, survivors. Wow. So and this she, probably opened her eyes to a lot of things. It, it did. She does define this at, at the moment, as the moment, I'm sorry, that she was, she recognized mm-hmm. in these women, like, this could be me. Mm-hmm. I could be any one of them. And this is what helped her to decide she did need to leave. Good for her. Hearing their stories, she's like, they're not much different from mine. Right, right. And so she did decide through that work that it was time to leave. And she did. Good. She ended up leaving. And, you know, yeah, George. Yeah, it was only a matter of time. Yeah. George was just spiraling out of control. Like, whatever lifestyle he was living, he was obviously, like, not doing well. Mm-hmm. And so when Jennifer moved out, it was just George and David living there. Now, mm. Jennifer recalls George was really struggling with he always needed money he always was like looking for money and struggling with coming up with money and jennifer had actually loaned him quite a bit of money so even though she moved out she still had this connection with him unfortunately and she remembers one day she was trying to collect some of the money from him and he was like meet me at the atm i'll get you some money and she remembers going to the atm to meet him and he had like 20 different debit cards Oh, shit. And she's like, what the hell? Uh-huh. You know, and he's trying all these cards, and he's, like, violently angry, trying to get money from one of these cards to give to her. He's a freaking mess. Yeah. Oh, my God. A hot mess. And she said she remembers it It looked like he was trying to hide his face from the camera. Like, oh, sure. He absolutely was. Getting this yeah. money. And um, finally, one of the cards worked, and she was able to get some money. But she's like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, like, where that was coming from, right. I'm pretty sure I had. He gave me someone stolen money. Thank you, Barbara Jones. <laughs> Appreciate right, it. Right. Yeah. Again, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, she took the. She did take the money, but she didn't know where the money had come from because he had all of these random cards with mm-hmm. him. Hmm. So, like I said, there they had some contact after Jennifer did move out because they were, you know, he owed money. To her, um, you know, they were mm-hmm. going through the separation. So she still talked to David and George mm-hmm. after moving out. But then all of a sudden, the contact stopped. It was like both of them had disappeared. And, and she remembers feeling that it was odd because usually, like, especially David would respond right away to messages. And all of a sudden, like, a couple days go by, like, she hasn't heard a thing from either one of them. And she remembers... You know, feeling like, okay, that's that's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, she started trying to get a hold of them more because, you know, after a couple of days, she's like, this is, something's up. Yeah. So she started trying more and more, and nobody was answering. Neither one of them was answering. She tried to call family members, and they the family members also were like, yeah, you know, we haven't heard from, from them in a while either. Jennifer ends up calling George's mother, and... George's mom said she had seen him. This was around, like, Thanksgiving time in 2019. 
George's mom said, yeah, I'd, I'd seen him around Thanksgiving, and he seemed really depressed, and he was also carrying a gun with him. Oh. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. He just brought a my pack Glock. Of the heat. Yes. To the Start turkey it down dinner. by the turkey. God. Uh, but she remembers, like, yeah, he had a gun. He was depressed. Uh, so she became pretty suspicious that something bad had happened. Yeah. I mean, he's only 35 at this point in time. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. She's like, okay. So she was talking to her sister through all of this. And her sister's like, you really should call the police at this point. It had mm-hmm. been like a week or so, maybe more, that nobody had heard a thing from either of them. So she did go ahead and she called and reported that David and George were both missing. Mm-hmm. Nobody had heard from them, seen them, nothing. And so the police did agree to, they met her at the house where the two of them had been living. And when they got there, they did ask permission to enter the house because it was, you know, still somewhat Jennifer's. Like, I think she yeah. was on the lease or whatever. Yeah. Um. So they did ask if they could enter so when they do enter, they become very aware that this is a crime scene that they are looking at. Oh, no. Um, when they got into the house, the whole house smelled like bleach. Everything. Rot row. Had been bleached. <laughs> Uh-oh. Head to toe. And so there was this really strong odor of bleach, and the carpet had been entirely ripped out of oh, no. the house. Yeah, that gives some it's clues. As if someone was trying to hide some evidence. Odd. So there was also uh, this man and his lack of care for animals. I'm done. Oh with them. no! But so they did have a dog there, and Jennifer also had said, like I, um, when she had called them, she's like, I haven't heard from them, and I need to get my dog because the yeah. dog was still there. Huh. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's that. I'm I'm so the dog, I'm upset yeah. about so that they, news. They also found like a bag of dog food that had been ripped open because the dog had been left there obviously for some time, and yes, so he, he found the to food. Eat. Good. Okay. And he ripped it open himself. Yes, he made himself Aww. dinner. Poor baby. That part. We we're always, talking about a crime scene, we and then fucking like, have more empathy for animals. Dog. We are the worst. Like, yeah, bleach carpet. The, the dog, dog had to get his own food. He was so hungry. Oh shit! This is who we are. I'm sorry. It is. It is. I can't deny it. Mm-mm. So detectives did start to investigate because obviously this yeah. was really suspicious. Wow, well, I don't think they needed to go to detective school to figure that they, out. They didn't, and they didn't have to work long because after discovering this crime scene, the very next day. Um, George ends up turning himself in oh, for really? what he had done. Wow. That and surprises me. I just so love the what, what he does to turn himself in. So okay. George, and it's not funny. What he did is horrible. But um, he ends up turning himself in the next day after the crime scene was discovered by walking to a near nearby Home Depot. And he... Goes in and confesses that he had just killed two people. What? What the fuck? Can you imagine? A Home Depot? Can you imagine being a customer service? No, no, I cannot imagine working a job that it, that you're just like, no, nah, this is just a temporary job until you're I get at my the, next year. The paint station, you're right? Like, Hi, do you need some paint mix? Right? Would you like I some just bubble gum paint? Two people? No, no, I cannot. Nope, he came in, he went into Home Depot and he confessed and he wow. he confessed to killing his his best friend David. 
Has that ever another friend? Oh my god! He killed another one of his friends. No. Um, the reason that he gave for killing David is that David had apparently said something that really upset him. Uh, the evening. Oh no! The murder happened. So what he did is he waited like a coward for David to go to sleep and proceeded to stab him in his sleep seventy-one times. Holy shit! Yeah. If I did this every time my husband said something that upset me, he would have died years ago. Right? No, you don't do that. Like, oh, he upset me. Okay, get the fuck over it. You did, don't murder someone. David looked and sounded like he was a really, really great guy. And so oh, it's so sad. Of course. Um. So David, after he did this, he... Now, I this goes unsaid. 71 times that is, that is mania that is horrible um that is like long a long time of being stabbed and that is a lot of effort it, it is, is from my understanding it is not easy to stab people i would not imagine it would be and so poor david like rest in peace this is an awful way to die i was gonna say that so this is not something that was said but this is me kind of assuming slash wondering if George was not on substances this entire time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah good call. The pattern says possibly. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I agree. With I agree. some of the behaviors. And, I mean, he was selling drugs. I don't know if he was using, but I, I do mm-hmm. suspect he was. Yeah, I agree. So I'm just throwing that out there. It was not mentioned, but I'm like, yeah, this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like he was. Mm-hmm. But so David also, after he murdered his his best friend, his longtime friend, he proceeded to kill another one of his friends right after, 63-year-old Ed Fuller. 63? But for why? He, so this is, and, and this is what sparks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to suspicion of the extent of what he's actually done in his life. But, okay. So he ends up robbing, he went to rob Ed, who was his friend, but Ed was also sleeping and he stabbed Ed repeatedly as well. But proceeded to take his debit cards and... Okay, but Ed was sleeping. You could have just robbed him. Taking his stuff. I know. You just take his cards and go. Probably because he enjoyed the stabbing. I think he He was still on the high of stabbing his other friend and... Yeah. Oh my God, how senseless. He then proceeded to use uh, Ed Fuller's credit cards to withdraw money from various ATMs. Like he was doing mm-hmm. that that one day. Jesus, did with he with a stack of cards? Did he kill all of those people? That's, that's what the unanswered questions are, and I'll I'll get to the the details on what that. What the but fuck was he really a serial killer? Uh, that is the question. So he he went and turned himself in after doing this, and he was taken into custody. And detectives did ask George if he would kill again, and without hesitation, he said yes. So he did odd not he have t- remorse for these no, murders. But odd that he turned himself in. Like, if he had I killed all those too. other people and had been doing it and getting away with it for so long, what and then now these two? So a couple things I wonder about. So this, obviously, like, once they discovered the crime scene, I think that, I think he maybe knew that, that he, he was, yeah, the jig was, is up. Yes. Yeah. And so that, I wonder if that's why he made the confession and if he killed before, if he was into this drug life, maybe they were people that were 
unidentified murders or drug-related murders that they never solved. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. We don't They weren't know. ever, like, that hot on his tail like they were with the bleach and right. the pulling up of the carpet. Right. That's, that's a good point. That's, that's a good theory. point. theory. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking if he was, like, deep into this drug selling and... You know, not to label, but people get into the drug selling world and often disconnect with family. I mean, and so who knows? Maybe there are people missing that were never found or identified. We don't know. Right. That is one of the uh, things in this case. I'd put it at the end, but I can just bring it up now is that we don't know the extent of what George did. Yeah. And Jennifer highly suspects that he killed more people than just these two. Yeah. I mean, he came home with the teardrop tattoos. He was very dark. He was very angry. Um, You know, the lifestyle that he was living, it is suspected that he possibly killed more people and did more things than than anybody will ever know. Mm -hmm. And so... Wow. Yeah, he he confessed and he was incarcerated at that point. Now, he did try multiple times to contact Jennifer after he was taken into custody. Mm -hmm. Jennifer says that she never answered one of the calls. And the only time that she came close to to him at all was when she took divorce papers up to the jail. Mm -hmm. She never saw him like she served the papers. Good. And someone else gave them to him. Yep. Unfortunately, and of course, he wouldn't sign the papers. He refused to divorce her. So it right. took like months of, of course of battling to get Still the divorce. Still doesn't stop it from nope. happening though. Nice try. Yep. She was able to get the divorce, but it took like the better part of a right. year yes. to separate from him. Of course, he has to have the control. Yep. Even from prison yep. or jail. He wrote Jennifer a very lengthy letter elaborating on how much he missed her and he would always be sitting with her memories and she couldn't do anything about that. Oh my God. I hate Again, trying batterers. to control, like control, Ugh. power and control undertones. Like oh, you can't, worst. you can't take that right. away. You I've can't seen do you naked. And so all I have to do is close my eyes and picture you naked. I still yeah. have that over I you. I feel like it was still that reminder that like he's trying to take control even from his jail cell. Yep. She did not respond to the letter. She did not have any contact with him after he was incarcerated. George, he did plead guilty to two counts of first-degree murder, and he did receive two life sentences for those murders in 2020 without the possibility of parole. Good. Now, sadly, these sentences were not served long because in May of 2021, Jennifer got the call from prison regretting to inform her that George had taken his own life. Now, I don't, how? Mean, I don't mean to laugh. You know, I don't know how he took his own life. Oh. Um, I, I would have to look that. Huh. It, it was not um, disclosed. Okay. But <laughs> I just want to say, like, Jennifer, this whole documentary, and I'm sure it's part of just being the show, but she's pretty low-key. Like, not a lot of variation of emotion She's pretty flat, you know, telling mm-hmm. the story. But she goes straight savage at the end of this. She remembers being really pissed off that he had killed himself. She said that he was a coward and she and he took the easy way out. And she she feels that he should have killed himself way sooner than this. <laughs> Hence the title my, of the documentary. My fucking drop. She was like, if wow. he would have just killed himself sooner, then no one else would have lost no their lives. No one would have lost their lives. I was yeah. like, dang, Jennifer. Wow. Hey, I see where she's coming from on that. Yeah. yeah. She was like, God, if this is how it was going to end, he should have right. just killed himself sooner. Yep. And that right. is where the title comes from. <laughs> 
they were probably damn. like, damn. For sure. They didn't have this titled until that day yeah. when they did that interview the with her. The producer leans over. He's like, write that down. Right, right. <laughs> Make note. Yeah. No, but she said, she said like that he was a danger to uh, the world and the world is better without him. Yeah. She has I'm, no. Um, I don't disagree with her. Yeah. He was a horrible person. He yeah. really was. And I think, like I said, the unsettling part about this is he lived this double life for so long. And now that he's gone, there's no, I mean, no one knows the extent of what he actually did. Jennifer truly does believe. I think her gut was telling her things maybe she just couldn't face at the time. And I don't, I'm not trying to fault her for it. But, you know, all of those things that were kind of unfolding. Like if you're checking the news thinking your your man's has killed someone. Yeah. Um, there your gut's are, probably there telling you something. There are some issues that you might want to look into, yeah. I think. So, yeah. no, nothing has been substantiated with any anything Sense. else. Mm-hmm. However, this is a pretty fresh case. So mm-hmm. we could see things linked to him in the future. Maybe Definitely. not. But there's nothing out there that I see as of yet. But there is some high suspicion that he has killed other people, whether that be a lot of others or a few yeah. others, we don't know. Right. But it is suspected yeah. he's, oh, I, it I, wasn't I, just two. I think so. And I think what she meant when she said, you know, he took the coward's way out wasn't referring to suicide in general. I think it was you took two people's lives and then you wouldn't even face your punishment, yeah. your two life sentences for it. For sure. You know, like she's I agree. pissed off that he he's not facing his consequences. And yep. I, I get that. Yeah, I just, I appreciate her, <laughs> like, that was if you would have done this earlier. Right. And I love how she's, like, monotone the whole documentary, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, by the, if he just killed himself sooner, no one would be dead. <laughs> yes. But no, so he, he took his secrets to his grave. Wow. He never, um, other than confessing to those two murders, he never disclosed, you know, the extent of what he did. Mm-hmm. With yeah. all that coming back with those those debit cards, that money, like yeah, yeah, he did. Knows. He did some shady shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, that's the the story of George, uh, whatever the fuck Izagari his last name is, Blob. I don't know. Yeah, not a good person. No, not at all. Not a good person. Do you have a brain bath for us? Oh my gosh, I have. A brain bath that is everything for okay. you. Okay. And I just love it so much. I have some good ones coming up um, in some future episodes, too, by it's, the way. I'm pretty excited about them. You know, Facebook has been good to me. I have been, um, I think the more weird shit that I like, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, here's more. Zuck comes at you, you with something even more So I've had weird. some good articles pop into my, into my. Um, Your feed? Feed. And I'm like, oh, saving that one. <laughs> And I just love this one so much. It's so cute. Now, so this article, it did uh, bring the attention of People magazine. Oh. It made People. Okay. Uh, the title is Same-Sex Flamingo Couple, Freddie Mercury and, Lan- and Lance Bass, No Longer a Pair. <gasps> the Denver Zoo Reveals. Oh, my God. Salacious. Tell it's, me all about it. It's, it's, it's juicy gossip for Denver. It says the Denver Zoo shared on social media. That Chilean flamingo Freddie Mercury is now spending time with a 14-year-old female American flamingo named Ayami, I believe. Oh, no. Freddie. Freddie Mercury and Lance Bass 
a famous same-sex Chilean flamingo couple at the Denver, Denver Zoo are no longer an item. I love this so much. Isn't this the best? Oh my gosh. On June 23rd, the Denver Zoo shared a Pride shared a Pride Month post on Facebook highlighting the zoo's fabulous flock stars. Oh my god, I can't. Flock stars. I Shut can't. up. Oh my god. Um Flamingos, It's this is a quote from somebody at the zoo. It says, flamingos are extremely social by nature, and flocks consist of collections of partnerships. This includes not only male-female breeding pairs, but also strong bonds between same-sex pairs. Love it. The The post also mentioned uh, Denver Zoo's same-sex flamingo couple, Freddie Mercury and Lance Bass, who had made headlines for acting as surrogate parents. Oh! <gasps> If a breeding pair was unable to raise their chicks. Stop it. They would take the... Lance and Freddie yes, would take in take the babies the and raise them. Isn't that so adorable? Oh, I love their love. I'm sad that they broke up. I want to know what happened. Did, Me too. Did Lance Bass step out? Did Freddie step out when he saw that international 14-year-old beauty? Right? I like was oh. was he just like it's time for me to explore my other options? Like I'm sad that they're no longer a pair. Me too. They sounded like such a power couple. Yes. <gasps> oh, Lance, uh, Lance, Lance Bass, you poor flamingo. I, I hope Lance is doing well. Do you think the flock band had to disassemble? You know, I don't know. It says the flock is um, 75 birds strong, so there's. They have choices. All right. There's options. Lance is not alone then. He has he has options too. He can get himself a 14-year-old bird too. And I mean apparently this they were a power couple at the zoo cuz it does say also, that is the, 14 pretty old for a flamingo? I wonder you know, how I long know they live. I do too. I'm curious cuz mm-hmm. I didn't know how long I didn't know they could live that long. Yeah. But that's amazing. So maybe Freddie loved Likes him, him some, some older seasoned, a seasoned veteran. I don't know. That's so true. We don't know. <laughs> I don't. Um, this did cause a stir, though. Like people were upset. Oh, that definitely. The, the couple broke up. I'm upset, and I just met them. I know. It's. I, I'm just. They. They seemed so good together. They did make a post. It says. It seems like our flamingo post yesterday may have ruffled some feathers, and we want to sincerely apologize for leaving everyone in the dark so long as to why our same-sex flamingo pair, Freddie Mercury and Lance Bla- and Lance Bass, split up. The zoo shared on social media, along with a photo of the former flames, please rest assured that both Freddie and Lance are in good health, weren't separated, and their breakup was amicable. <laughs> Baiting for life isn't necessarily true for all birds, and our keepers have noticed that some some birds in long relationships sometimes decide to move on and pair with other birds. Yeah. They just decided I it was get time. It. Right. We're just, you know what? We are no longer two birds of a feather that flock together, and, it, and it's time that yeah. we separate. And oh my gosh, it says Freddie repaired with Ayami, one of our 14-year-old female American flamingos. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Liked yeah. himself a like little. An American girl. I get it. And it says that Ayami has been around Freddie for nearly her entire life. Oh, Without wow. any indication of a bond before. Maybe Freddie was like, I I see the light now. Like, yeah. I see her differently now. Mm. Yes. And so they're not sure why the, the couple decided to be an item, but they They'd been around each other That's their probably lives. why they broke up. You know what? Lance Bass was like, I've had enough. I've seen you making beady eyes. 
at I, I what's her name? I, Ayami, Ayami, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think you two should give it a go. Yeah. I'm going to step out of the way with my bird legs here and I'm going to give you guys a chance. Yeah. Now it doesn't, it, it says Lance has not found anyone yet. He's still single. Oh, okay. Um, All right. He's single and ready to mingle. Yeah. Everyone. He, he is. It sounds like he has not, um, Paired with anyone else yet. And so. he's got a flock of 75 strong. So he's taking his time maybe yep. making a he good wants, choice. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just getting out of a, a relationship. A long-term relationship. He doesn't want to jump into anything. Maybe he wants to play the flock. Yeah, we don't know. Exactly. Leon's best. I hope you find someone special. Me too. You deserve someone special. But I, I'm sad wow. that, this, that Lance and Freddie... Um, Broke Split up. up. Yeah. Especially if they were they were parenting other they were chicks. Fostering chicks. But Aww. I thought that you would appreciate that. I love article. that story so much. Isn't it so adorable. I do love the names too. Thank you yeah. to the zookeepers. And it sounds like, you know, I hadn't heard of it. Um, yes, the, the names are just amazing. Yes. I hadn't heard of this until the article, but apparently the couple was like known around the area. Yeah. So their breakup did upset people. Oh, I imagine. So I imagine. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for that. You are so welcome. Thank you for bringing us this horrific case today. It's what we're all here for. (laughs) Uh, Anytime. Yes. And just remember, everyone, we're all only here because your mom got laid. Yeah. So take that at the end of Prime Curious. Yep. And we're going to leave you on that nugget. Have some chocolate with almonds. It's a national National chocolate Chocolate with with almonds day. Yep. Mm -hmm. Follow us on social media. Join our Patreon if you'd like more of us. Crime curious at yahoo.com. Nope, that's our email. You can email yep, us yep, there, though. But uh, Patreon is crimecuriouspatreon.com. And uh, until next case, everyone, keep it curious. Bye-bye. Bye bye.